Hello and welcome. It is the Filmmakers Podcast. Yes, that is right. This is the podcast where we talk filmmaking. From indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. Uh, and these released wherever you get your podcast every Tuesday. Except this week because we're giving you a special on Friday as well, which is supposed to be last Friday. Friday gone, but both me and CJ were very busy. I was making my TV series, Not For Profit, in Sweden. And CJ was busy too, but he did manage to edit this one coming up and last Tuesdays, but not enough time to edit this one, which should be on Friday. Instead, we're bringing you this one today, Tuesday, with Dan Palmer, screenwriter of Fanged Up, and stars in it, and the lead girl in Fanged Up, Danielle Harold as well. So that is super exciting. Can't wait for you guys to listen to that very shortly on this podcast. I'm Giles Alderson. Yes, that's right. I'm the director of The Dare, as you probably know by now, uh, and now the director of Not For Profit. Uh, it went very well in Sweden. Uh, myself and Andrew Roger had a great time uh, with some amazing cast and crew, and it was wonderful. We'll tell you more about that when I get Andy back on next time. We'll chat through that in the intro. But, wow, super time, super cast. I can't wait to show you guys that, and I, hopefully it'll get picked up. Just never know. But it was good. Felt good. Uh, I'm also the producer of Serial Killer's Guide to Life, and I'm also producing Cassette, which starts, oh my God, this starts a week yesterday, a week yesterday, so Monday coming, oh my God, it starts, <laughs> so there's lots of stuff going on at the moment with production, with costumes, with everything, but Mark's is doing a great job, script's been tightened, uh, kit has been tightened, so yeah, let's see what happens, I might do a live one from there next week. Probably not, because it's the second day in, but maybe the week after. Let's see. Let's see what happens. But Cassette is starting. That feature film, found footage horror, it's been cast. That will be announced soon, too. Mm, exciting. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, the vegan documentary. So myself and Dan, today, we went over to the Good Heart Animal Sanctuary today, and we started the documentary properly, though myself and Dan... Richardson have already been filming bits and pieces here and there. He's been in LA filming in South Africa and I've been doing bits in Sweden and here, there and everywhere. But today we went together and we went to the animal sanctuary and we met some beautiful, beautiful animals and it was stunning. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting as well. Um, I've got a question for you. Um, what do you think you can do in 99 minutes? So you can read a novel, maybe, if you're quick. You can eat a vegan meal if you take a long time over it, maybe on a date, something like that. Um, but what if I told you you could become a better filmmaker? Yes, that's what you can do at the 99-minute film school, which is what I did about a month ago with Elliot on his Raindance film course, and it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I got so much from it. I can't tell you how much I got from it. It was amazing, 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 especially at the moment because I'm playing to festivals. He gave me some great advice on that, but also some great advice for directing, producing and making films. The 99-minute film school where you'll learn everything from sourcing your film crew, marketing your film, working on film sets. I promise you, it's great. It's great. This one's on the 4th of September at 6.30. And you can get 20% off with our code RGPodcast20, which means you can get it for just 20 quid. That's amazing. 20 quid for you, RD Podcast 20. The link is in the show notes. Click it, get there, start learning, start becoming a better filmmaker. 
It's amazing. A 99-minute film school. Indie filmmaker shout-outs this week go to Kurt Weiser. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate your shout-outs. Logan Austin, Connor Brew, and Rosie Coburn. Uh, Sarah Thomas, as always. And um, to Trish Rybacek and her film Ethel, which is on Indiegogo. There is two days left. If you haven't supported yet, please go do that. If you can't do that, then just retweet them. Retweet their film, Ethel. The link is in the show notes. Do that. Two days left. Indiegogo, their brilliant film, Ethel. Do your best. Support if you can. So I'm super excited to get to today's podcast, which is with the brilliant screenwriter and actor Dan Palmer and with the wonderful actress Danielle Harold. Both of them star in Fanged Up. Dan Palmer wrote it. And then on Friday, we have a special treat for you. It is with the wonderful, wonderful guy called Dan O'Reilly. It's another Dan. Yes, that's right. But he is also the lead in Fanged Up. And he is also Dapper Laughs. So check that one out on Friday. Me and CJ are chatting with him on Wednesday. And I promise you, the sound will be really good on that one. This one, not so good because we recorded it via Skype and backwards and forwards. But please forgive us. I'm sure you will because you get loads of info and insights for free. But I promise you, Friday's Fanged Up Special Part 3 will be even better quality. Maybe. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Anyway, um, for now... Enjoy this podcast. Jump straight back in with me and CJ. I introduce him now. Almost, I don't introduce him. It just sort of goes straight into it because we were in the middle of doing the Stu Bennett one. Anyway, it cuts in. You get the point. It doesn't really matter. It's a Fanged Up special. I'm about to say that again. You ready? Here it is. Um, Fanged Up special. I love it. It's keeping going. And I love this. Um, you also brought in your collaborator, Dan Palmer, who starred in Stalled. And yeah. Stalled. And he yeah. was also in Freak Out. And it was like, you couldn't make Fanged Up without him. Was that like your thing? You were like, I have to bring my lucky charm in. Damn yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yes, I suppose so. It was, um, I just felt that he was the right voice to bring in for this film. And it was uh, just, yeah, I just knew that when I read the script, I was like, okay, I see where they're going. The film as written isn't the kind of thing that I would um, necessarily do so well. It wasn't mm-hmm. my kind of style of humour. Um yeah. But I liked a lot of the beats. I liked the structure. I liked uh, a lot of it. Um, and also, I suppose, just technically, there was in 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 the other version, there were just hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes of vampires, um, of yeah. which there was no time or budget to do any of that. That's interesting, isn't it? That you saw that straight away as a director. You saw the script. You looked at it and went, "Well, yeah, I like it, but there's no way." Yeah, it's like time or budget to do this. So tons of CG, like yeah, loads of CG to be required, and it's just like God, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was more a okay. We need to really dial this down and make it, I suppose, um, a, a, a bit more intimate, a bit more ensemble, and less reliant on vampires. It's kind of the thing I suppose. Having done stall, I was not less interested because, but I always feel these things they are a thing pushing the plot along there 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 is sort of yeah. the, the MacGuffin yeah. you use to drive the story forward absolutely but just bring them in where you need to but ultimately it's an a to b film and about the ensemble about the characters yeah. so um yeah i suppose that's enough for me without further ado let's bring on daniel j palmer or dan palmer to his friends toot toot here he is toot toot hello How's it going? hello dan palmer how are you mate hello cheeky spot how are you long I'm time good. no here oh yeah indeed but it's nice to hear your voice 
I was just rudely phone called from your um, your your Hank Kingsley to your uh, Larry Sanders. Uh, asking me to come on your save your show. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this is right now. We're Hold on a second. That makes me Jeffrey Tambor, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so we're doing the Fanged Up special, as you know. We've just had Stu Bennett on talking with him, which is wonderful. And we thought it makes sense to speak to um, the co-writer and. Well, you've got a lovely part in it as well, and I thought it'd be good to talk to you. And, and we're not recording. Are we on now? We're on yeah. now, dude. We're on. We're doing it. This is oh. it. Straight in. So you've got to be professional from now on. <laughs> so, sorry, I was. I would have made the Jeffrey Tambor joke. Oh, I'm glad you did. Yeah, done I'm now. really glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh mate. oh dear made me laugh. <laughs> well at least I'm starting as I mean to carry on absolutely that's what I mean that's your we were talking about your humour and that's what you injected into Fangirl <laughs> and which you did you really did and um, yeah and it's, you've just proved it there with putting CJ down <laughs> yeah, uh, and making uh, me feel great so. <laughs> excellent so important so. yeah yeah. well congratulations on your success by the way guys and I'm glad it's taken me this long to be on the show so, <laughs> oh, you know. oh no, oh, no. And we've been talking about getting the wonderful Dan Palmer on as a guest for so long but we were like let's do it when Fanged Up's on when it released right. and they just get, kept getting pushed back and back so we're like oh all right, well, Dan will come on soon. So now, obviously, the fang dubs are. Well, we have to get Dan Palmer on, of course. I'm just hearing the excuses, but anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, but, uh, all right, it's true. I, I'm checking online and my, the transaction hasn't gone through yet, but um, <laughs> I'll keep on pressuring. It will, um, But no, thank you for having me on, guys. It's lovely. What can you remember my first sort of contact with you regarding fanged up? Uh, you invited me for coffee. Um, Uh and I knew something was up because you were paying (laughs) Um, and uh, it was a bit I thought it was going to be like that scene with Jay Moore and Tom Cruise and Jay Maguire you you brought me to a public place so I thought you were going to fire me from Christian James Industries Um, (laughs) and you couldn't do the Tom Cruise bomb thing where you took it on the window from Mission Impossible can I have my children back please Papa Christian (laughs) Um, and this was shortly uh, um, after I don't know if I'm talking out of school here, but this is shortly after the Christian kind of said, no, no, no. you know, fish ain't nibbling. Yeah, um, it's exactly what he just talked about. Him oh, sort of okay, moving sorry, away yeah, from I feature talk, films. So I can talk about the breakdown when he's smothering himself in poo and all that. Talk about his humour. There you go. There it is. Yeah, it. And he's just said your scripts ain't good enough. Um, you know, that's why obviously why nothing's working. Um <laughs> And um, anyway, so then when he said, oh, <laughs> no one's, you know, no one's returning our calls, etc. Which is, was frustrating because obviously uh, we'd made Stooled um, and um, it was the, you know, a film that cost 5p in, in one room. Uh, uh, and it, and it done, starring yourself and had done yeah, really and, well. And, and co-starring you. Wow, um, really. But and I do save much, the film. But. <laughs> <laughs> it had done much, much better than, you know, we, we could have even hoped and it got great reviews and in um, sort of industry respected um, periodicals such as, you know, Empire Magazine, etc. You assume the, the next step is, is for the um, the phone to, um, you know, start ringing. Yeah, and, and, and it's it, going to keep it, ringing. And it, and it 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 did to a certain extent, but it didn't as as much as we'd hoped. And um, anyway, I think we had we had a lot of traction, and things were looking promising. And as I said earlier, we had you know there's money uh, floating around and off a mm. bit. It was just strange in that 
I just think some of the people we were working with, the egos involved, and there was yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just, cer- just, there's cer- there were certain things which you know a lesser man would have would have taken. You know, mm-hmm. um, the lesser man being me, but Christian didn't want to. So no, no. But um, <laughs> you know, we, we we had various things that we could have, but it would have meant you know um, uh, compromising to a certain extent. Uh, I, I mean, I talk about our own our own projects, um, our own our own ideas, our own concepts. Yes. Um, so it's not as if we were. Um, knocking on doors saying please sir no um, you were in a good place you were you, yeah, you were you were indie darlings and in a way and yeah you were kind of going why why aren't these projects moving forward but it kind of happened had happened to us already going back in time so i think 2004 when we had a film called freak out and you know we were um uh, just uh, you know younglings back then and and you know we managed to get a movie um released in canada the us uh the uk and elsewhere via mm. anchor based stars and the same thing pretty much happened there you know just sort of like um endless meetings that don't really go anywhere with people with framed posters behind their um their desks you know yeah. um and then thanged so, up um, came up and you and cj called you and was kind of a bit like well sh- yeah what was your, what was I, your I, I, I i sensed the host is fast forwarding me oh, yeah okay, <laughs> yeah so, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, we, and so we'd been through the cycle already so when and then christian yeah so we had this back, back to the ca- the cafe and um yeah and cj said oh, you believe this but you know i've been offered a a feature film that's already you know financed um and and a lot of the um a lot of the pieces are already in place and I've got the script. I'm like, well, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> you bastard. I'll have, yeah. the, I'll have the extra mochaccino. You know? um, uh, but then it turned out it, it needed some uh, work in the um, uh, writing department and that's where um, uh, I came in. I love it. And what, what did you bring to What What was your first... T- how did you go about that as a screenwriter? Go... How can I bring my voice, but also not take away from already what's here necessarily? Uh, well, you're assuming I wanted to do it straight away, which, um, you know, to be honest with you, I was a bit 50-50 because, um, or, you know, okay, I think I can be honest because of yeah, some yeah. of the clientele, you know. Yeah. Because um, uh, you, you know what it's like. I'm sure you guys know what it's like. You, 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 when you sort of get that sort of initial offer, you go off IMDB and do your research and all that. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's Dapper Laughs. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really know who he was, but I just heard some of the bad press. Um, but you know, once we um, got sort of chatting and sort of discussed um, how we could subvert that character, and, and actually got to meet Daniel, who's a very nice person, um, uh, and actually surprisingly sweet and naive, and, I, and, that, and that's one of the reasons he, you know, you, you find out that's one of the reasons he, he got himself into the pickle that he got himself into because he's he's just like. Um, He's just a, a wide-eyed baby deer, but he just happens to have a foul mouth. Um, so we decided, well, we'd only want to sort of like tackle this if we can subvert that character. And Daniel was open to that because you know it was time for him to move on um, from that character. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I said, oh yeah, I'd really only be interested if we can basically sort of like spoof that laddishness because obviously there's this stream of kind of like geezer geezer um, movies in, 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 on the side of the pond. Um, yep. And um, and some of the people involved are responsible for those movies. Um, and I I wasn't interested at all in sort of adding to that um, adding to that um, uh, that pile milieu of, pile of yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, so. Um, 
yeah so but we're allowed to do that i think maybe because of the short amount of time and you hear that a lot don't you when you're brought in sort of late to a project um you could get away with a bit more you know Mm. um because there's not enough time to um um, pick and choose um so christian and i basically just sort of like banged our heads together and just worked out how we could take this script which was actually quite rough around the edges um didn't really understand vampire law um being a movie set in a prison run by vampires that was these sort of basic concepts so see i had a great concept and a great title fanged up you know we just thought well you know it's it's, it's a pretty neat snappy kind of um uh, package but um the script wasn't really there um they, they were killing vampires with guns and that kind of thing right um there wasn't much of a female presence so that was one of my first, sort of first notes was um i'd like to sort of add sort of some well-rounded um, female characters, um, especially the love interest. Who we were um, quite lucky to have Danielle Harold from EastEnders end up playing the part. Yeah. Well, actually, that um, was that was a part of it. I suppose the fact that it's the love interest. Like, well, let's not make her the love interest. Let's let's have a yeah, uh, let's yeah. have a role there uh, and, and subvert it to some degree. Mm. There was a there was a character there, but it was just sort of the bare bones. But she she was kind of more of a damsel in distress, and she was a prison guard. Um, but I thought, well, you've got this problem, these vampires in the prison, why don't we have, like, you know, I was thinking back to sort of like that sort of slew of um, sort of paranoia um, movies in the, in the late 70s where you always had the doctor um, sort of like uncovering the conspiracy, kind of like um, Michael Douglas in um, Coma, you know, um, yeah. or even a bit later, if you go in the 80s, like Tom Atkins in Halloween 3, you know, you've got the actor, um, the, the, um, the doctor that sort of like slowly uncovers this sort of a, uh, this this conspiracy and, and then has to sort of sort of uh, gain um gain allies to um to allow them to sort of like reveal the truth and mm. um, so um we, we made her the doctor and made her the one that's got all the knowledge the one that's got the facts and um the one that um has got the brains so yeah. when then when you add <laughs> Daniel to to the mix who actually has a history of a you know, she's the one that's um, leading the way. Um, she's the Velma of the Scooby Doo uh, pack. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's the um, he's the Scooby, you know. And then you bring in Stu. That character was already there, um, the Russian character, but um, uh, I, I sort of um, gave him a little bit more history and na- named him after one of my favourite paintings. Um, and um, <laughs> it's called Stanzik. Um, and um, yeah, so then, then he comes in as the muscle, but even he's brainier than than um, uh, Dan's character Ragsdale, who's named after um, William Ragsdale, the star of Fright Night. I love um, that you put all these in, and with Katie Makepeace as well, which is Danielle Harold's part. Was also that another? Sort yeah, because that's because you also get you know obviously it's 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 a done thing. We're not you know we're not doing anything new. I mean, sure, you know, sure. back in the eighties, you'll get like Mister um, Mister Cronenberg, Doctor Craven's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but we did um, that. You know, you often get directors. Well, I did actors. So like um, uh, Ragsdale or Make Pieces, Chris Make Piece from Vamp. Um, yeah. My character, the custody sergeant, that kind of starts the ball rolling. The star uh, of the show. I, Yes, well, thank you. I, uh, I wasn't going to say Giles, but you said it for me. Um, <laughs> and Chris R. Wright's obviously in the film as well. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, that's kind of like he's got he's got photos of us, so he's always um, you know, he's always, always got, got to be in them. anything. Yeah, he's always yeah. great. He's been in everything. I, no, he wasn't in uh, Freak Out, was he? Yeah, that's where we met that's him. That's what I mean. That's when, um, and it all went wrong from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, how was your, what was your process like when you're on set? And was was it as hands on as you know all the others are stored, or was it because it was a bigger 
group around. I, I, I had to readjust a little bit my ego. I had to sort of like, you know, um, sort of like put away. Um, uh, it's put your like, ego away. I like to call it my ego. Everyone else um, calls it your... Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway. Um, yeah, because I think some people thought I was Christian's assistant because I was just walking around behind him with a clipboard. If only Christian and, had an assistant. Yeah. If only. I'm talking about the mise on set and someone said, yeah, could you go I, and give me a, really, give me a pasty, please? Yeah. I really... Uh, my tastes in assistants are better. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you were the fluffer. Um, Let's go there. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I wasn't there for the entire thing. I think it would have been exhausting, and I was seeing what Christian was going through. So, um, you know, like, like, I mean, we don't think we said, but like the, the writing process, like we had like, I think two one weeks. whole week. No, one, week, one whole week. Yeah, one whole week. Is that yeah. all? Yeah, one week. Yeah, yeah. It was so, also with uh, with the back and forth with the, with the producers uh, who were, you know, in agreement that it needed to be retooled. They they were quite encouraging of it. So, but they're like, yeah, look, we want to help. You know, we want you guys to be happy with what you're doing. So, uh, you know, we totally agree that it, you know it needs it needs a. Uh, it, so I suppose in their eyes, it was a, a tinkering. Uh, but in our eyes, it was more of a sort of uh, heavy, it was more of a, a full-on um, assault. Um, but um, yeah. I don't think we sort of say to them like it was uh, it was going to be so from the ground up. So we just said, yeah, 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 a tinkering. So he said, "You've got one week." We're like, "Whew!" So I went back to Dan's. Like, uh, "Are you busy for the next week?" So uh, yeah, Dan just vanished. He literally went off radar. Uh, we sat down. Yeah. We went through it in, I suppose, fine detail about the A's, the B's, you know, what it what it could be. And we sort of, I suppose, we outlined it together. And once we agreed on that, Dan just went away and uh, didn't come up for air for a week. But and also, there's but there's many strange. It wasn't just a simple writing um, um, sort of gig. Um, really because obviously a the the um the very tight schedule but um also i i knew like sort of there's a certain um preset um uh, there's a certain preset um bits and pieces that were, i had to kind of take into consideration so we already had the um we already had the prison set which we visited Oh good. Um, oh, good so, so i knew see, that I, yeah, I knew what location. i could use and what we could use so we kind of retrofitted it so using the original script as a very um uh, sort of a very loose blueprint we then did a recce around the um, portsmouth prison and was showing the areas we could use which was pretty much all of it and then we um and then the ideas that christian and i already had but we didn't want to commit yet because we um you know didn't know if we'd be able to pull them off or we had the space to to um, employ those ideas um uh, but then once we did the record okay we could we could alter this and put this in here and we came out with a shower sequence because we had an amazing amazing shower mm. <laughs> we didn't have an amazing shower we, we saw an amazing shower um and um <laughs> well actually no we did we saw an amazing room that we could turn yeah, into yeah yeah exactly and right. so we came up with the shower sequence and then and then that leads you to kind of what we did with story like okay i'm in a, in a uh, i'm stuck in a uh, public toilet there's zombies. What in a public toilet can I utilize to tackle mm-hmm. the zombies? Exactly. So then it was like, okay, well, we've got a shower. Aha, holy water. Okay, Danielle can um, Danielle can bless the water in the shower and that become holy water. So, you know, it's, 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 it was a retroactive cause and effect. Um, and so, yeah, so we visited the prison and looked at what we could use and made a huge sort of like sort of little note, a huge list of notes of what, what rooms were um, uh, beneficial to the story we wanted to tell. And then sort of retrofitted those um, those locales to, to our ideas, but then also we, uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, there's a few other caveats. You know, we we had to have you know some 
people are already cast. So, you know, if we wanted to nix a character, you know, um, some of them we couldn't, you know, and, and mm. then, but I, I could add a few characters I wanted to, but there were various um, considerations um, sort of I had to sort of uh, take on board that I wouldn't do if I was just writing a script um, fresh from, from, from the start. You know? even, down to, even down to stuff like you've only got this character, you know, we, we knew we'd have two days filming with that character. We might yeah. have a week max with this character. There's a few of those. So it was a, logistically, it was, yeah, kind of next level. It was, it but was, it was yeah, I mean, there was the bad guy character, um, uh, uh, Governor Payne, and um, I um, uh, was originally I, I, I don't know if I can say I'm sure this is okay saying this uh we it was going to be Billy Zane and Billy Zane talks a mile a minute so I wrote for Billy Zane I, I was like yeah. and this was really bizarre once again like Christian had told me about three weeks before and then cut to I'm now sitting in my um my <laughs> my underpants uh, uh writing um writing dialogue for for Billy Zane um, pages and, uh, and pages of dialogue. I bet it's something you went crazy. I imagine because he he write. So I was told you've got Billy Zane for three days. You know this is our big bad guy. After two or three days, you got Billy Zane for sort of short, short amount of time. You know, and um, and so I was thinking, well, we want we want to get our Zane bucks, don't we? We want we want you know we want to get our um, our money's worth from the Zaniac. Yeah. Um, uh, so I um, knowing that he um, he's a, he's a sort of a mo- bit of a motor mouth. I wrote. You know, I just well, okay. I'm sitting behind the desk. You see this a lot in our old sort of, uh, Roger Moore, um, non Roger Moore, but, um, sort of action movies where they get like they get someone big like Yafet Koto or someone to play the ba- like play the main bad guy. But you've only got him, or Christopher Lee, you've got him for three days, and then they get you know um, the henchman to do all the heavy lifting for the rest of it. So I did that. I just wrote in these big, flowery uh, Tarantino wannabe kind of soliloquies, um, and then um, uh, uh, then Billy uh, was um, double booked, and Burkoff <laughs> came in. <laughs> Stephen Burkoff, uh, who is the opposite, total opposite. Yeah, I think those two have been, you know, fighting for the same yeah. roles. They've been swapped at birth. Yeah, well, just, I, think, I think Stephen Burkoff was going to play uh, the Phantom, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and in Titanic, I heard as well. Um, so, um, yeah, and so he's the opposite and he loves to chew the scenery and, 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 and smell the farts. Um, so, um, Which boy, there was a lot, yeah. Boy, there were some farts. Um, so, so you yeah. had to, what did you do then? Did you suddenly go, right, I need to rewrite, or did you go, sorry? By it. then the train had left the station. I used to sat back <laughs> the same man, put my feet up, and started laughing. Um, it was Christian's problem then. Totally, yeah. Um, just blame the director. Yeah, and so it was, it was a case of chiseling the, the, um, the scenes and um, then and there, and then also in post. So, we, um, actually, I've got to say, Will, Will Long and, and Christian did a great job. Um, going in and do some surgery on the Burkhoff scenes. So, um, you know, they were great, but they're just too long. Um, yeah. Obviously, this man used to do metamorphosis on stage. You so know, he can so spout he... words for days. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. happy to talk. But yeah. But he, um, it but slows the pace he, down he, of your film. He's right? not, um, you know, but he's not performing to the off-Broadway or West End crowd. He's, he's performing to the, the, the Daniel O'Reilly fans, you know. <laughs> so that was another kind of strange kind of... Um, strange occurrence from when you join a film where the the 
the, the cogs are already moving, you know, mm. and this is, you know, this isn't a weird, um, this isn't a sort of um, an aberration. This happens in Hollywood kind of 24 seven, you know, of course it does. Um, of course it does. It was it's... just a machine. It was, a, it was a machine and, you know, and it was already, uh, already in motion and CJ and I had to sort of decide whether we wanted to jump on board and go for a ride or not. Do it, which you did. Did you feel that yeah. there was quite a bit of pressure? Obviously you had that week. Did you suddenly feel pressure or were you like, no, I can do this. It's not a problem. It's just making it work. Um, I write fast anyway, but that doesn't mean I, I don't put effort. I, cause I think a lot beforehand. So like, I'm not, I rarely, I'm rarely sitting behind in front of, I'm rarely sitting behind the laptop. I sit in front of it. I'm very, <laughs> you need that. Um, I, I rarely sit in front of the laptop. Um, at yeah. like, you know, going, oh, hmm, well, man's inhumanity to man, you know, striking my chin. Cause I've already done a hell of a lot of thinking on the, t- on the toilet or whatever, you exactly. know. Well, stored, um, but there you go. Perfect example. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think came from. I'm that shallow. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but there were almost, it was, um, it, it wasn't as stressful as you may think because it was kind of more freeing and plus it wasn't my baby. You know, the two previous films we've made have been like, you know, ideas that myself or myself and Christian have come up with. So it's our thing, you know, mm. and without sounding, um, without sounding kind of cynical, it, it, it's, it's more freeing when it's not your, your, your thing, inverted commas, you know, um, and you can have a bit more fun of it. And another thing, it's just lovely to be able to write something knowing it's going to get made. That, you know, that's, that's the true. major thing. Yeah, cause I mean, normally, let's not forget that. Yeah, because normally you're writing something and you're going, well, I have no idea if this gets made, how much effort I'm going to put into this, how much time will it mm. ever get out there? You know, I think you, as well, yeah. having our run of, of, of sort of, um, uns, you know, our, our run of bad luck as we'd had post-stalled, I think it was just, yeah, just liberating to, yeah, know that, well, whatever happens in six to eight weeks, we'll be on set make it, making these things happen. That's... um you know yeah that that is not to be sniffed at i mean like yeah. my my biggest flaw and i i, I have very few flaws because I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty amazing yeah but, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um my biggest flaw as in writing is i i, I sometimes i kind of think oh, what's the point this ain't gonna get made and once that sort of seed starts growing then yeah. you're doomed you know and and you know i've got like 12 screenplays to prove that you know and <laughs> as opposed to two that have been made I, I've sold a couple that have never seen the light of day, but you know, that, that's mm. sort of like, here's by the way. So, you know, I, I think that I speak for most writers. It's kind of, well, most writers that, ha- that aren't delusional, uh, you know, you kind of just think, oh, you know, what, what's the point of putting this energy in, especially if you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the point of sort of wasting this time and energy? I could just be putting my feet up on, on watching, you know, um, country file. If you could go back now and you had, longer to write it so it was your idea you came up with this would you have done something different oh yeah definitely okay i sent a question uh, i think we both agreed it would have been kind of and because we've done two horror comedies you know um freak out and 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 stalled and you know years apart you know it, it would be nice to sort of um differentiate um and and um sort of take a different tact and uh, and I think we both said this would be kind of a great idea to do straight, like a kind of a assault on precinct 13, you know, mm. um, uh, Rio Bravo with vampires, you know, but, um, a, we had, you know, a very limited amount of time and B, we had, um, a comedian, um, for our leading man, you know, um, so that, that wasn't a possibility. And that's another thing is we had to take into account, this was going to be a vehicle for a comedian. And I, I you know, I'm a, um, uh, you're a funny I'm a, guy. I'm a I'm a 
SNL kind of yeah. fan. So I, I went back and kind of looked at um, a few of those people's first films and also looked at comedians' first movies, their vehicles. So I looked at Ace Ventura and Jim Carrey and, um, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Paul Rubens and, and Ford Fairlane and Andrew Dice Clay. And obviously, you know, Andrew Dice Clay has quite a lot in common with 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 daniel yeah. um so i looked at those movies and, and rennie harlan you know that that was rennie harlan and, and angie does clay and, and you know christian style has sort of some similarities to, to um to early rennie harlan so and um so that was an interesting one to watch Which is um, very, actually very very on that note what is rather strange a friend of ours runs a, a movie night and recently he showed elm street four uh, oh god yeah rennie harlan's one of his is sort of like early films and it's so weird how I've not seen Elm Street for years. I've always been a fan of the Elm Street franchise and Dan's the same. But um, it was so bizarre. Like, God, that's we didn't realise how much Elm Street 4 had affected and influenced Fanged Up. It's like bizarre. It's, the colour scheme and yeah. some of the set design. Um, it's like, oh, my God, yeah. I've. I, I've hugely ripped off Rennie Harlan without knowing it. It's just sort of <laughs> yeah, sinks in there. Rennie Harlan, let's not forget one of Rennie Harlan's first films was Prison. Prison, yeah. In prison. And one of the, and, and it's also done Ford Fairlane, which was a vehicle for a controversial yeah. com- comedian. So he'd done those two movies, which got very big similarities to the situation we're in, but the one you um, were influenced by had nothing to do with that. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. It can happen, though, isn't it? Things seep in, don't it, from their past. It's mm. um, amazing. Mm. Dan, um, and you no well hang on wait no you and cj are now yeah oh, hold it. Yeah, yeah so so we could talk for hours dad but uh we thought why don't we take you on uh we're going to chat to daniel harold so why don't you come with us and chat to her yeah sure okay where are we going you're going through the curtain going through hold, the curtain. hold, hold my hand and off we go so danielle uh you play uh katie make peace in fanged up um and uh, uh i suppose so give me a very quick a very quick uh history of your acting uh, resume prior to fanged up and prior to us meeting so i started my first job in acting was at eastenders uh where i played lola pierce who's billy mitchell's granddaughter and like, i was there for nearly five years and it went so quick but i really loved working there and it was a great place to learn and had such a good time. And then after that, my first job was actually fanged up, my first film. Wow. It was amazing, yeah. Who's, really that, who's that on the line now? I can hear someone. Oh, it's, hello, it's me, <laughs> okay. Dan, Dan Palmer. Just can't shake him. Um, Dan Palmer. Oh, well, you're here now. You can, you know, carry on, I suppose. Um, hello, Daniel. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, Dan. I'm good. How are you? It's, I'm good, thank you. Lovely to hear your voice. Oh, have you missed it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are good, you? Good, good. I don't think I'm, anyone, I'm, even I'm though honest. you're both actors, no one's believing this uh, fake <laughs> preamble. Uh, it's clear we've done this we 10 are, minutes we're, ago. We're all, and, and they don't know we're all sitting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah, living um, life. So, guys, getting back to it, because, Danielle, you, so you, so found up wise you uh, had sort of held off to some degree, hadn't you, prior to... Uh, from leaving EastEnders, was, am I right in thinking, uh, and I think with this conversation, you're sort of saying it's movies or bust and you got a few offers to do various TV things, but you held out to do a feature? Um, no, what it was, right. I actually done. <laughs> <laughs> End of interview. Um, yeah, um, when I left EastEnders, I kind of had a bit of time off. It was uh, quite quiet, which was actually really nice because obviously working on a soap, your schedule is just 
it's, it's so hectic. I mean, they work so hard. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had a bit of time off. And then I definitely wanted to go and uh, do films. That's what I'd always wanted to do. So I was just sort of lucky enough when Fanged Up come come about so I was just getting back into work again and yeah so it was a great opportunity for me to get into films and I loved it. How did you first hear about Fanged Up and what attracted you to it? Well I basically got an email um, saying about oh there's a film Fanged Up would I be interested in doing it should I send the scripts I was like yeah brilliant send the scripts so I got the script through and I read through it you know like any normal script I was like oh brilliant yeah this sounds like really funny really really completely different so obviously the character Lola that I played in me send so I was really up for doing it mm. but when I was reading the script to when I was on set it was so different <laughs> so different like I remember sitting down in the makeup chair I think it was like day two and we were shooting a bit of the end of the film and all of a sudden this bucket of blood had come out she was like right, I'm just basically gonna pause on you I was like I don't really see. Don't really see any of this stuff in the script. Like, so it was so much more epic <laughs> on set than when I read it. Definitely. I think you came into it day three, potentially four. Your first scene, I can pretty, I think, was uh, slap bang in the middle of the film, and it's the, it's a big. Your poor you, really. Your first scene worst. was was a, It was every character in a room together. It was all. It was the ensemble. It was all. I think eight or eight or nine characters in a yeah. room. I was there that day, and I remember it was just exposition-tastic, wasn't it? Is it the one when you're going for the fire, explaining the blood type? Is that, was that the yeah, scene? Yeah, was one, yeah, lots of camera angles, lots of eye lines. Yeah. I mean, I guess, the kind of, luckily for you, the kind of thing with EastEnders you were thrown into constantly, but how was that for you, and what what were you expecting? What, in Fanged Up? Mm. Oh, gosh, I was terrified. I was really, because obviously it's, 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 it's all men, so I thought I'm going to have to really try and hold my own here. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. But, yeah, so I was so nervous of being the only girl, but by the end of it, I felt like a right little lad, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I was very nervous. You sort of, I mean, you didn't show any of that, but um, I again could be memory, could be wrong. I seem to recall at one point you were surprised uh, that first day because you were had a something about it. You sort of thought it was a, a stand-up comedian or, or, or YouTube star making a film. Yeah, it'd be like him and a bunch of mates. Was that right? Yeah, I was I was a bit confused. So obviously I read the script as a script and obviously um yeah, when I sort of Googled who was in it and stuff, I see some like a- actors from Lockstock and stuff, and then I also saw like social media influence stuff. So I was really confused how the balance was gonna kind of work with it. Mm. And yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. Like I think the balance is brilliant. I really love the idea of it now. And obviously once we started filming, when you start bouncing off each other, it was so good. Working with Dan O'Reilly, you hadn't uh, certainly hadn't carried a film before, um, yeah. but uh, not, hadn't acted in this capacity at all before. How was that for you? Do you know what? I, th- I was I was a bit worried because obviously it's like, oh God, obviously I can only imagine when I started at EastEnders as actors <laughs> when I started working thing because I'd never acted before. So yeah. whenever I work with actors that haven't acted before, I totally get it. Like, I really do get it. And I suppose with Dan as well, because he does all these, obviously, his characters, his little skits and stuff that he does. Mm. Don't think he realises that when he's doing that, he is acting. Yeah. So that, yeah. that really helped him um, when he was doing Fanged Up as well. I remember you sort of saying when you came into it, you didn't really know what to expect, but you sort of took this leap of faith. Same for Stu. Same for the yeah. movie. It's just like, I don't, this could be, you know, it could go this way, it could go that way. This could be, uh, especially if comedy horror, it can be interpreted in so many ways. 
exactly. So, um, it's such a specific genre. That my impression awesome. was always everybody on, on set was pleasantly surprised by the experience. You guys would yeah. know more because you were in the green room. and uh, But yeah, maybe g- give me some uh, any lasting memories. The boys, oh, they were so lovely to work with. Really, really respectful, really into it. So it was a really good mix and a good balance. I remember one it. day it was um, myself, uh, you, Danielle, and, and Dan O'Reilly. Yeah. We, were, we were eating our lovely beans and cheese, whatever it was. steps on the floor. Yeah. And it was just, he was, and you were talking, we were just chatting, and then he, you just turned to talk to him, and he was taking photos of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and you went, yeah. you're, not, you're not even listening to me, are you? Yeah. And he just I nodded and went, mm, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we. Dan, yeah. Dan, hello. I lose count the amount of times I'd walk into a room to give Dan a note or you'd give Dan O'Reilly a note or a bit of direction or like, right, this scene's coming up. Don't forget we talked about this. And I'd walk in, he'd be Snapchatting. It took some getting used to having a uh, a lead that was just whenever he wasn't on camera, he'd be away doing something on camera. He got in a Twitter war during a scene. Yeah. He had a phone in his pocket and somehow by the time that you'd get called cut, he was in a Twitter war. I don't know how it happened, but it did, you know. <laughs> I but we, I think we do, we do have to point out, obviously, it wasn't... Um, uh, lack of concentration it, it was you know part of the engine of the, the movie wasn't it it was kind of yeah. um uh, and that's te- that's another thing that i didn't I've, I've never understood like obviously for the first few days it was just constantly snapchatting i was thinking this guy really does love a bit of snapchat like, yeah it's weird I mean, you... for a filter yeah i realize obviously it's his business that that's his job and like we've seen this day and age now social media influencers are huge and mm. yeah it's amazing the work and dedication that he puts into it and obviously he's doing really well from it, which is amazing. So good for him. But as an actu- as an actress, how do you feel about that? I mean, because I'm, as, you know, you, you you you've got you've got your craft and you're serious yeah. about. Yeah, it's it's obviously like for for actors and actresses, we're obviously with like social media and putting yourself out there. You're very cautious of what you're doing and your opinions and stuff like that. Mm. And then it's all, I think it's something we shy away from. Because I remember once Dan was Snapchatting, I could just see all the Snapchatters in one bit and then the actors kind of hiding in the other corner, kind of <laughs> away from it. But um, de- do you know what? Working with Dan definitely made me a lot more comfortable to that. And obviously times are changing and it is a big thing now, social media and obviously connecting with people and stuff. So, mm. yeah, it definitely brought my barriers down a little bit. When you're going for a job or chatting to agents or whatever, do your, the amount of followers you have... Does that affect the roles you get, or is that is that is that any sort of currency now? Do you find, or is it does it come up in conversations? Yeah, it does. It does come up on a lot of things. I think because obviously, like especially with films and stuff like that, mm. uh, independent films, people do Twitter pages, Instagram pages. They're constantly wanting wanting you to post stuff to promote the film and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so I definitely think now it is a it's a massive part of it now, and you've just kind of got to embrace it, I suppose, and go with it. So you're contractually, uh, in the films, in the projects you do now, you're sort of in part of your contract is to promote via Insta, Twitter, etc. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah, like that promotion side now, that seems to be more than sort of going to events, more it'd be like, can you post this link to this or that link to that? And yeah, obviously, like with, uh, especially Fanged Up as well, with, obviously it's really big on that at the moment where all the stuff has just come out and I'm seeing it everywhere. Like everyone <coughs> I'm going on is posting about it and talking about it, which is really nice. So yeah, I suppose it's a good good thing. I suppose it, it's a good way to get projects out there and stuff. Did you spend any time at a um, doctor surgery to get into the part? 
No, I didn't. I was so worried. I was poor CJ. He had to keep pulling me up on my accent as well a couple of times. Do you remember the one in? Do you remember the scene in the shower with CJ? What did I that do? Sounds really Remind wrong, it. doesn't it? Until <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel, no. Okay, so we're, we're recording this. Shower. It still doesn't make sense, but. <laughs> What did I, what and, happened? Um, I had to grab the pipe and I had to say, water. Yes. Like, obviously, my, I'm going, water. Ah. He's going, water, water. I'm like, sorry, sorry. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so you got uh, to work with Stephen Burkoff. I did. <laughs> I did work with Stephen Burkoff. Credits. <laughs> yeah. It was probably the most intense scene I think I've ever filmed. <laughs> I think because it. For days, it was all like, Stephen Burkle's coming in, Stephen Burkle's coming in. And I was like, gosh, I know I've got like this mammoth scene with him as well, with just me and him. Sort of really nervous going in to do my scene. And then um, I just kind of sat down and he just sort of looked at me. I was like, hello, nice to meet you, Danielle, blah, blah. And he, he just, he didn't reply. He didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, this is really going to be awkward. It's not going to speak to me, is he? And then he just kind of randomly went, doof, 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 doof. I was like, Okay. Wow. He went, oh, you're from EastEnders, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, okay. So then we sort of, yeah, had a little chat and stuff. Burkhoff like gave you the duftuffs. He did. That's amazing. The most, and the most random duftuff I've ever seen. It was a <laughs> two minute silence between me saying hello and the duftuff. So, yeah, it was an intense scene. And not only that, but because his character was so intense as well. So it was like his intense, the character's intense. I was like, oh, my gosh. I remember some, uh, sometimes uh, with Stephen, there'd be... Uh, uh, because you're at that point, you're sort of, but you're shackled in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> and in between takes, uh, uh, Stephen would sort of, I suppose, uh, you know, just still be in character and maybe sort of look over and just, just you know, throw you an odd glance, you know, to, to sort of stay in character. How, was that unnerving for you? I, I was conscious sometimes I'd be giving the DOP a note or two, a DOP John Hurley, um, who's uh, available for uh, for work, kids' parties, etc. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, as I'd be chatting, I'd sort of see Burkoff in character throwing you an evil or something. Was that was that uh, how was that for you? Because I imagine in EastEnders you wouldn't have had any of that. No, not I've never like obviously in film it's so different. Like you just I just expected it to be the same as everything shot the same as EastEnders. I expected four cameras, and then when I got to say I was like, there's one camera. I'm thinking, where's your cameras? <laughs> thinking, surely this is going to take years to shoot. Like, because EastEnders, you have four, and it's all from all different angles. So, is it yeah. you, when it comes to takes? Is it one? Are you one and done in um in EastEnders? Yeah, like one yeah. and done or a couple and done. Yeah, it's yeah. really quick. So when I come to a film set, and I did just see that one camera. I was really confused. But obviously, with the that is so long in between the takes to keep in character. I suppose if you are doing an intense character like that, some people obviously do same character so that was a bit weird for me because I was kind of sort of laid there literally chained to this bed like this is so weird (laughs) but yeah it was so funny I always thought you and Stu were hilarious together because the the physicality you you know he was like twice your height and um... yeah he put me in a headlock one day it was amazing yeah and (laughs) even and Dan O'Reilly's quite a bit of a shorty too isn't he so it was always uh, was that hard for you Christian with composition you've got this weird menagerie of uh, characters with all these different yeah, heights. Do you know what? I'm sure I was. St- TJ, didn't you put me blocks for quite a lot of things? <laughs> yeah. Um, there were, I remember yeah. Ewan doing a scene with Ewan as well when I was like, stood on a block. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was a few of those. As the film progresses, characters become se- segregated into their own groups. And you were often with Dan, and, and height wise, that worked. Um, but there is a scene later on where it's 
yourself, Dan O'Reilly and Stu. And I had to kind of <laughs> block it. So Stu's here and you're both there. But um, yeah, it's um, it's a challenge. But one you're, you know, it's 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 an obvious one. So um yeah, it's not even just fanged up. Don't feel bad, CJ. It's every film. Oh, really? Won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. They're like, hmm, fucking really sure. I can I'm remember. Like, yeah. So it's your first day and you were being ready. You've been brought to set and we're setting up the scene in Renfield's office. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen your, I'd okayed your wardrobe. Yeah, I could. But in, yeah, in, in oh, different sort of yeah. like, here's the coat. Yes. Here's the top. Yes. Here's, so I'd never seen it all together. Nobody um, was saying anything. Like, no. so I'm gonna have to say something. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think that yeah. more, so I'm over <laughs> set. I'm over on set. We're, we're now sort of there, there's there are ten minutes. Even though you're even though we're all in the, the prison location, locations are still a, a fair walk. And I think the the Renfield's office we're using for that and and wardrobe. Around the other side. Yeah, ten minute walk. It, yeah. Ten minute walk away from each other. And um, I'm over on set, lighting with John and blocking and going through just stuff that probably isn't going to work and um silly little thing silly things like oh what in one insert we needed someone to pull some torches out of a drawer because you need the torches for later and i remember the drawer didn't work you're like god, for god's sake you know that kind of silly little stuff but anyways we're solving those little problems and then palmer yeah. comes over and is like um cj uh have you seen danielle in the in the in her outfit together. I'm like, well, I've seen it. I've approved it all, but I've not seen her in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, he said, I think you should come over. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I remember coming over, and, and you were you it just looked, again. It looked like a, it was the lab coat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge I said she looks coat. like I said she looks like she's five years old in the school play. Yeah, <laughs> playing I a doctor. Yeah. I felt like that, in that. It was the biggest lab coat I think I've ever seen. Right. and I'm so small as well it's like drooping above down by my hands it looked yeah. bad it looked absolutely yeah. bad and I think I can't remember what happened there but I remember looking at you and you were you were being ever so polite and just sort of going yeah you know like you won't say anything bad but you were clearly like I feel so uncomfortable yeah I just thought it's way too late now because I the weird thing was when I'd done the costume fitting I'd tried obviously done the costume fitting but the costume wasn't the same as when I come up so obviously things changed and stuff so I was like oh I know this isn't going to fit me. Yeah. I'll just pretend like, that's fine. Don't worry, guys. Like, now, I can't recall how he fixed it, but I have a feeling we just it was, lose no, the lab it was, coat for that scene. Because we yeah, because we wanted, like, this, you know, it's movie shortcuts, isn't it? Lab coat means scientist or doctor, you know. So yeah. we need... So we, I think we just put it in shot, hung it over a filing cabinet, yeah, and it, and it so that she she lost one um, layer of, of protection from what, from the blood. Yeah, I, mean, I was, and it was freezing. Oh my god, how cold is that prison? <laughs> it's so cold. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. How did you find the environment? We did when you read the script. Did you think you were going to be a nice, warm prison set in Pinewood or somewhere? Yeah, I didn't think. I never in a million years thought it would be like that kind of prison. Mm. and I was it, it was amazing to film in it but de- even the scariest place I filmed in yeah it was really cr- especially because we had quite a few night shoots and stuff and mm. obviously it was set for the film so there was blood everywhere there's bits of arms everywhere there's fake heads everywhere so when you walk around there at night you're like oh gosh oh my, it's right it's not real <laughs> it's not real so like well, there yeah. was there was one room I went in and there was blood old dried blood up the wall and I said oh did, somebody must have tested some blood here and they were like nope yeah, exactly. You don't know oh, what's not in there is so crazy. Yeah, it just had a certain vibe, didn't it? It did yeah, certainly had like some, even some covered in blood was just 
yeah, like looking in the mirror, you're like, oh, Jesus, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> Could you use that being in a real prison? Was that helpful? Definitely. I mean, it, you just felt awry. Like I had a few scenes where I'm just sort of walking around the prison looking scared and didn't really have to act for that because <laughs> it's just kind of you are. So, it, yeah, it definitely helps 100% and it makes you feel like you're in that role more being in a proper place like that mm. for me I, I was so excited to do this because it was just so different from what the character that I played different completely different like vampires and all that kind of stuff I love it so I was so excited I was a bit nervous though because it's so funny I'm really terrified of scary films <laughs> like on another <laughs> level I'm like oh I'm the worst person to go to the cinema and watch a horror with but it was so fun to sit and work on it and create something completely different and mm. Not saying anything, Dan, but the writing made it really easy as well. Like I kind of got the character straight away from reading from her. So yeah, it was really cool to get into character and do. Well, that, that was um, well, thank you. But that that was my um, favorite stuff. Really, was writing for for Katie because, like I say, she didn't really exist in the original screenplay, and and she was the only um, uh, the, and the and that version of the character was the only female character in the movie. Yeah. Um, Unless you count these strippers that they had originally in the opening of the yeah. film, <laughs> which we now haven't got. Yeah. Um, and so Christian and I turned, you know, Burkhoff's um, goon um, to a female. So we got Lauren from Misfits in to play that part. Yeah. She was originally more just a, a, a thuggish guy, you know. Originally um, that part was to be played by Terry Stone. Yeah. So then, oh, you know, really? when doing yeah. that, uh, I remember having one of our script meetings, and we agreed that this is what we're going to go with that character. And we kind of looked at each other like, "Oh, this is going to, you know, this is going to go down like a like a lead weight." To the listeners, he's also the producer, so we, we're going to be telling the producer we've basically cut his role. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well done, guys. And, but I, yeah, I hadn't. Um, I purposefully delayed signing my contract until uh, Terry had read it, just in case. We went, no fucking way. But um, well, we thought he might go, great, I'm doing it in drag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But to his credit, actually, uh, he when both Terry and Richard read the new draft and they rang us and were like, spot on, amazing. And Terry was like, oh, no, I'd rather have a better script than, a, you know. than, than, than Yeah, than and because it's difficult because obviously it's, it's set in a male prison. So you are restricted to uh, what characters you can and can't gender bend, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's finding that balance of having a strong female character, but not having someone that is, you know, uh, stretches believability and is sort of some kind of weird um, uh, male fantasy, you know, yeah. or whatever. But I mean, admittedly, we do have you, you know, in peril towards the end, um, you know, in um, on a, tied to a bed, but yeah. you overcome that, and you know, you uh, you, you solve the problem, and yeah. you know, without using spoilers it's really down to you to save the day isn't it it's, yeah it's not, I really uh, love not... that element about it as well because you don't usually get that and I think that's what makes it so nice and I think it makes the male characters even more loving as well when you've got that balance yeah you would have liked him so much to credit you know? the guys to credit everyone, uh, again when we had it in that, our draft I think that was another thing we we're like this isn't going to float and everyone Dan O'Reilly included was like no love it you know Dan O'Reilly kind of takes a back seat at the end. I mean, it's not certainly in terms of, you know, his character still servicing the audience in terms of comedy, but plot wise, uh, he has little to nothing to do with it. Um, so yeah, it's good of those. Yeah. Games. I mean, it was, it was really, I mean, I know he gets some stick, but, um, he, um, <laughs> he's got, he's got zero ego. 
mm. you know and and he could have oh, you know completely. when i took the, when i had yeah when we handed that script i was going oh god here we go i was waiting for, you know yeah all the phones the, the phones start ringing because yeah it was it was pretty much purely jimmy um in the original draft and i i kind of raised the characters some of the characters added some new ones and and really gave um kate dr katie sort of like um equal billing it became an ensemble more than just a singular vehicle you know um and but but o'reilly was completely and utterly behind it and you know he could yeah. have he could have swung his ego around and said uh no it's the dan show but um he was yeah. really up for it you know yeah and there was i was a bit worried about that with dan as well like obviously when it's someone's film and they're on set every day you think but he was amazing like he all he wanted was for the film to do well and to have everyone have their own input on stuff as well so yeah in that in that, that way as well he was really lovely to work with he just didn't have an ego at all which was no. really nice uh so danielle what's next um i'm shooting a film next month called innocent candy sounds rubbish down in skegness yeah i can't wait to shoot that actually that'll be next month Brilliant. So, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that um, it's it's a gang. Apparently, I'm like a gangster horror kind of girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's about um, like this family that uh, have a load of like loads of problems and stuff. And I'm the sister out of the brothers, and some of them get killed, and then I'm down like to kind of work out what's gone on and yeah, stuff like that. Really. Uh, yes, I've got a film coming out called Two Graves. Yep. That just premiered a couple of weeks ago, actually. So I can't wait for that one to come out, and right. that's and wicked actors in it too so yeah where can we follow you find you see you and all that stuff i'm on twitter and instagram oh my name's danielle underscore harold on instagram didn't even know that had to check that's that <laughs> <laughs> and d harold official on twitter thanks danielle so uh i will look me. forward to uh i'm sure everyone will look forward to seeing you on their uh tv screens etc etc in fanged up thank playing you. dr katie Makepeace. Um, shortly. Yeah, thank you, TJ. Thanks, Dan. Oh, thanks, Danielle. I've got absolutely nothing coming out, so you know, thanks for asking. Dan Palmer, what have you got coming up next? <laughs> I'm about to do my laundry. Yep. So, I'm trying to work out what kind of softener to use. It's really difficult. Mm, no. Is that starring? <laughs> uh, don't don't uh, talk about it now. We'll save it for a whole other podcast. Oh, okay. Branch out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A how-to on yeah. Andrew, uh, Dan, how Dan, where can we it. find you? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> I've gone. Um, I've gone under the radar. I pulled the plug on the um, on the on the Twitter. So you you you, you can find me in the movies. It's gone. No, it doesn't exist. It's gone. It's gone, baby. Why? Had enough. I need oh, to concentrate on my on my on my on my art, my writing, on life. Yeah, exactly. Real life. Smell, life stuff life. and smell the roses. Yeah, <laughs> that, that you porn isn't going to watch itself. Exactly. Uh, go to Fanged Up Film on Twitter, and uh, you can find out where you can see it, etc., etc. There, and it'll be on DVD uh, on the thirtieth too, and I believe Netflix, Amazon Prime, etc., etc., and iTunes shortly thereafter. Uh, so, gang, it's been a pleasure. You too, guys. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.